The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. I don't know about you, but I feel good. I don't know about you, but I feel good. <laughs> you really held on to that one. I like that. I, yeah, I did. Got <laughs> <laughs> a right. suspense. I really do feel good, though. I mean, I feel just about as good as i've ever felt about the suns right now it's easy feeling good about the suns right now for sure uh this week on the episode we'll be talking about the reason why it's so easy to feel good we saw the kevin durant debut and one game other than that so we'll be taking away what we saw from those games after that we'll look at a couple games from last week and just one game from this week before our next episode will come out uh, no bet question from last week. Um, we we had one game uh, the last time we recorded left. I'm pretty sure it was the same day the episode came out. So we skipped that and we're still all knotted up six to six post All-Star break. So, so uh, yeah, the, the last few weeks of the season here are really going to determine um, how how this bet question series goes this year. All right, and stay tuned to get in on the fun when we're talking about next week's games later in the show. All right, but Kevin Durant, we've been waiting a while to see the guy actually take the court, and it finally happened. Uh, We've seen him against the Hornets and the Bulls, and the guy just brings so many different things to the team, opens up so many things for everyone on the roster. Uh, it's exciting times, and it looks like we're going to be a, despite playing the Hornets and Bulls, it looks like we're going to be a pretty tough team to beat. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant is just like an all-time player. He's really good. Like him or not, he is a an NBA great already. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Every time I have seen him, in a Suns uniform on the court, I still don't believe it. Um, I think a lot of people seem to have kind of gotten over that a little bit. I haven't. I still, like, when I see him, I'm like, oh my gosh, Kevin Durant plays for the Suns. Like, it's still pretty unbelievable to me. It is. Uh, And just knowing that we got to keep 
book CP3 and Aiton is so nice. I mean, it, it doesn't feel like there's a big bear spot, spot in the cupboard right now. No. Uh, you know, despite Mikhail and Cam both putting up 30-plus in games this week, uh, it you know, maybe you can look at them and start to miss them a little bit, but I think Kevin Durant's just going to take us to a a different sort of level. And he just makes it look so easy is the one thing that I'm just shocked by. And I mean, I've watched Kevin Durant play how many games over my life? Quite a few. Right. And Uh, in person even. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the guys that I'll set aside a little time to go watch him play because he's just so, so smooth at everything. And man, he's on the roster and watching him and book share the court is one thing, but then watching him or book sub in for each other oh, is, yeah. a, is another kind of feeling <laughs> because yeah. you just, you just know that we just made, we just subbed one of the best scorers in the game out with one of the best scorers in the game. So <laughs> I, I hope to see that happen often. And I'm sure Monty has that in mind big time for playoffs. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a couple things here. One, I, I've seen some people saying it looks like Kevin Durant isn't really trying, and I think that's just a sign of how good he is. I think I, I, I always heard this in, in music. Uh, when you can see someone who makes it look really easy, that means they're really good because what they're doing probably isn't that easy. And I, I think it's it's that way for Kevin Durant. Like, he just makes it look so simple and so easy, but it's really not. He's just such a, a master at what he does. Um, and then the other thing is uh, it, just the fact that we can have these guys subbing in for each other is so unreal. Um, and I don't know how anyone is going to stop us. I mean, you can't double-team anyone on this team at this point. Uh, and if one person is having an off night, it's fine. We've already seen this actually through our first couple games. We've seen one of our big four have not a great game and it really doesn't matter. Like everyone else is so good that, yeah, like it's just, I don't know how anyone is going to stop us. I feel the same way. I really do. And, you know, one of the big concerns all year was not having a, you know, a big guy playing power forward for us. And outside of Aiton, you have to worry about who's grabbing rebounds and all that. Kevin Durant definitely solves that piece of the puzzle as well. Uh, Six boards in the first game against the Hornets and nine against the Bulls. So, and, and... you know, a couple blocks. Uh, one in the Bulls game, two in the Hornets game. So he's bringing that that paint presence as well, which is yeah, yeah, that's so good. good. We we've heard this reported over the years that that Kevin Durant's height has been inaccurate for a while. Uh, he's like for sure taller than Aiton, right? Like, I, I was kind of comparing them standing next to each other. And I'm like, Kevin Durant has a couple inches on Aiden, I think. I'd say an inch, maybe two. 
Definitely an inch, though. Yeah. So either way, that that means KD. I think Aiton's six eleven technically. Yeah. Yeah. So seven or seven one for KD. Yes. That that does make sense. Yeah. That's what I think it is. Uh, the other thing I want to point out here too. This is another thing I've been seeing people talking about is, wow, this Devin Booker guy is actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of that lately, and people saying. Wow, I talked a lot of crap about Devin Booker, but I've never actually watched him play. He's pretty good. <laughs> like, thank you. Yeah, we've known this for a really long time over here. Yep. Uh, two of the smoothest in the game, sharing the court now. Uh, I really like how D-Book has kind of been ushering in KD. Yeah. Like, hey, man, I can... I can carry the load while you get uh, a little more into the system, a little more eased in, back to 100% healthy. I, I got you. But, uh, you know, 37 from Book against the Hornets, 35 against the Bulls. So that's a little bit of a scoring tear right there with Kevin yeah. Durant on the court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, another quick thought since you mentioned Mikhail and Cam Johnson. Um I, I was just having this thought the other day of how great would it be if we could sign Cam Johnson in the offseason since he'll be a free agent uh, <laughs> and just bring him back and he can replace, you know, whatever shooter we have on a one-year deal. Uh, that would be really cool. Uh, I don't know if it'll happen because he's probably going to get more money than we would be able to give him. But uh, yep. I, I was just kind of daydreaming about that the other day. Be good for the fan fiction. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm with you though. That would be cool. I, I'm excited about the fact that uh, you know, all of our salary is pretty much fallen off by the time Mikhail becomes a free agent. Oh yeah. So, you know, that's a little little further in the future, but something to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. It. You know, it's so funny, though, because it's so hard for me to think that far ahead at this point. Because I'm just like, like, this year is so, it's yeah. so big now. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, it's so funny because going into this year, I know I wasn't alone in this. Like, a lot of us were not that excited. Just because we had such a bad taste in our mouth from how the previous season ended. So starting this season, I know a lot of us were just like, Oh, here we go again. And uh, now I'm just like, I'm as hyped as I can possibly be. <laughs> like, I am wearing my son's hat everywhere I go, which is not necessarily that new. But, like, I'm even wearing it to work sometimes and taking it off once <laughs> I get there. But I'm like, I want to be repping this as much as I possibly can. You know, because we've been through it. We have been with this team at literally its lowest point ever. And now, you know, we're at this this spot where we're saying no one can stop us. And it's just like, I'm just, I, I look back on it from such a big picture perspective and it's so cool to, to be witnessing this right now. Right. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, the finals appearance, that was a heartbreaker. Then you follow that up with the best Suns regular season of all time. And then the ultra 
I don't want to even call it a heartbreaker. That was just a punch to the face from the Mavericks, which, Yeah. yeah, left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And then you get into this season where we start off pretty, pretty solidly and then just get spanked by injuries. Uh, for a while, it felt like, you know, seasons like five or six years ago at some points this season mm-hmm. with all the losses. I mean, oh, I don't even care to really think about it too much. But and now we trade for Kevin Durant. We have a new owner. Uh, things are just. You know, expectations are sky high again. I don't know if I'm ready for that, but we're here. I mean, we're here, undoubtedly. It's, yeah. I don't know, no one is going to come out and say championship or bust from the organization, but I think as fans, we're all thinking that. Oh, it for sure is. Yeah. I mean, that move definitely showed that. The yeah, fact so. that we were willing to trade Mikhail Bridges who was having the best season of his career and continues to do so. And I'm so happy for him, you know, having these great games in Brooklyn. The fact that we were willing to trade him, who, you know, we all said he's our future. He's nearly untouchable. It it has championship or bust written all over it. For sure. All right, let's keep it moving, though. A few more topics to hit. Who's going to end up benefiting the most from this trade on our roster right now? Who do you think uh, takes a step up or just, you know, things just get that much easier for him that he's going to look that much better? Who do you think that guy is? It's Chris Paul. Just another target that is nearly automatic. Chris Paul is going to look like a wizard again. I think so, too. Uh I won't say Chris, but he was definitely high on the list because he literally does not need to do any sort of scoring unless it's there. And I mean, in this Bulls game, it was there quite a bit for him at times towards the end, kind of sealing the deal. They just left him open. And of course, he's going to knock down wide open shots. So, right. I, I hope that's where most of his offense comes from or wide open shots that are you know, not even contested. I think that can legitimately happen. Yeah. And I mean, I I think I said this on our last episode, like there's going to be games where Chris Paul has two points and 20 assists and that's going to be massive. So yeah, I think, I think Chris Paul probably benefits most, but there's a couple guys that also benefit very close to most. Yeah. And I think I got to go with the fifth starter, Josh Okogie, as my choice. Because, I I mean, his role gets so simplified. Now it's go play defense on their best guy and then hit wide open threes. Yep. That's all he needs to do. And we've seen that he went five for ten. Exactly. And then the the other great thing about him is he's going to go attack the rim like a madman on a fast break or if he sees a little sliver, he, he's going to go get to the rim and probably get to the free throw line, get get us all in the in the penalty and everybody else to the line too. And yep. I, I mean, when you have free throw shooters like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul, I mean, every single foul that Josh Okogie can pick up is going to just be so beneficial. Yeah, 
I didn't realize Kevin Durant was leading the league in free throw percentage this year. He's he just he just does it all. Yeah, he does. So yeah, Josh Okogie definitely benefits. I mean, that Bulls game was the perfect example. Now, I don't think he's gonna hit five threes in a game, maybe all that often, but it's no. gonna happen sometimes. But even if he can hit a couple threes in a game, that will make a difference. So and he benefits I, a lot. I think it's also safe to say that if he doesn't make five threes, he's not going to shoot ten of them. Right. You know well, what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah. I think he has a bit of a conscience when it comes to that. So if he's if he's off for a game, I don't think we have to worry about him heaving up a team leading ten threes in a game. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's just because he was hot. Yeah. Uh, someone who will probably be shooting 10 threes who also benefits though is Devin Booker. He really, really benefits from Kevin Durant because we know teams send double teams at Devin Booker pretty much constantly. And they just can't do that anymore. It's, it's going to leave KD, Aiden or Chris Paul wide open almost every single time. So Booker definitely benefits. And I think we're already seeing that early on as he's just running up the score uh, 37 points and 35 in the two games with Kevin Durant so far. Um, so Booker is definitely going to get more open shots. And uh, that might even be an adjustment. He's not used to taking open shots at this point. No, the Bulls game is the first time in a long time where I can remember Devin Booker literally just standing in the corner his guy completely leaving him because Durant's in some sort of action on the opposite <laughs> side of the court. Yep. And then Booker catching a pass with no one within 10 feet of him to take <laughs> his time and shoot that. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how often that's going to happen. I, I think you'd rather just uh, try to play straight up D and stop Kevin Durant from an elbow jumper compared to something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, totally. like Devin Booker wide open in the corner. You can't sag off like that. No, it, it's going to be trouble. It's going to be trouble. Yeah, it's. Man, <laughs> it's like, I don't even know what to say. It's unbelievable. It's so good. It is. And uh, it's so good to the point where. A lot of us fans are starting to be concerned about why some guys on the bench aren't getting minutes now. Yeah. You know, uh, primarily TJ Warren and Darius Baisley. Um, you know, those both are probably not guys that Monty Williams said, hey, I want these guys on the team so I can play them a ton of minutes. Warren came along in the trade with KD. Baisley. All sources point to uh, us getting rid of Dario in that trade just to save a bunch of luxury tax money, which yeah. I, I I'm not shocked by that at all. Right, right. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised by the lack of Baisley minutes at all. The the lack of Warren minutes maybe a little bit more, but he he really doesn't seem like a Monty guy. That's a good point. I didn't really think about that until you said that, but. TJ is he's still coming back from major injury. He hasn't played a ton. 
Uh, he's, he's definitely a little bit of a different player than he used to be. I think we may see a little bit of an increase in his minutes, but I mean, I, I kind of feel for those. Well, I feel for them to a certain extent because they're on like the best team in the league <laughs> right now. Yeah. So you can only feel so bad, but I, I feel a little bit bad for them, but TJ might get a little bit more play, but we just really don't need them that much. Yeah, we don't need guys who only want to score it. And I'm not saying that's all TJ wants to do, but that's primarily what he does. Yeah. So that's a tough draw right there. But, I mean, if you look at, we have, what, 16 games left? 18, 16 or 18? I can't recall. 16, I believe. But, I mean... Once the, you know, the seeding gets a little closer to locked in, I don't, if we are fighting for the three seed or holding off the five seed, whatever that is. I mean, TJ Warren's a guy who can play spot minutes or take the place of, uh, you know, not technically, but Booker or Durant. If we want to rest them a game, we can still have that scoring power from, TJ Warren, who still has it. Right. He right. can still get buckets. And then totally. Terrence Ross in the same vein, kind of. Yes. I mean, yes. those guys can go score. So we have that, you know, in the in the chamber. And then with Baisley, we got a little taste of this. We put him in there for seven minutes against the Bulls, pretty much just to guard DeRozan, who was right. uh getting right. after it a little bit. 31 in the game, but <clears throat> we we needed the a, a little extra help there. Okogi, you know, doing it on offense, but DeMar DeRozan's a big task on defense, too. And then, I don't know, we had Torrey Craig, too, though. Look at how deep we are. It's crazy. It is. It really is. We do have 18 games left. 18. It'll be 16 by the time we record again, but 18 games left as of right now. Uh, But, no, that's a good point. We have a lot of different options, and, I mean... I feel like we've said this forever. You put in whoever's hot. If someone's struggling, you put someone else in. It's nice to have those options between, you know, Damian Lee, TJ Warren, Joshua Kogi, even Tori Craig, even, even as far as Jock Landale, maybe it's, I know he plays a little bit of a different position, but we're going to be able to experiment a little bit with the bench and, and, Oh, Terrence Ross too. Whoever's hitting shots is going to be the one who plays. So we do have a lot of flexibility there. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting with uh, what we have remaining is we've kind of come out and said seeding isn't going to be that important to us. Like, obviously, you want the higher seed. It's nice to have home court advantage. But at this point, we've had a lot of stuff that's outside of our control, like injuries, that that hurt our seeding a little bit. So it's kind of just like get into the playoffs, see who your matchup is, and go from there. And I'm totally fine with that. Right. I'm just rooting for that home court advantage in the first round. And whatever happens after that is whatever. So, Right. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't mind being the 3 or 4 seed in the end. Right. And I think that's a it's kind of looking like what it's going to be, but I mean, who knows, man? The the Kings have been hot lately. They're a solid team all of a sudden. Yeah. But with the Grizzlies, John Morant just 
man suspended for two games or something like that it and it it may be more the Right, I was right. reading about this that that's the team suspension. The league might do something different, but I don't really ever anticipate that they will. They'll probably say, "Oh yeah, two games was fine." Yeah, probably. Uh, Brandon Clark just tore his ACL. Go Zags! Unfortunately, sad for for him. Uh, and then I saw Dylan Brooks was also suspended for one game because he's had 16 technicals this season. So already. The, I know the Grizzlies are kind of falling apart Um, (laughs) and they were, I I will say they were pretty scary earlier in the season, but as time went on, I wasn't nearly as worried about them. And now I'm really there. I'm not concerned. After you get Kevin Durant, a lot of those concerns just kind of float away. Yep. Well, and it, it just goes to show don't say things like, we're fine in the West. <laughs> as soon as you say that, <laughs> it all it all changes. It's kind of funny. Like since the moment he said that, that's probably the least stupid thing he said. Well, <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah, he's uh, probably up there at least. He's going through something. Yeah. Well, I don't want to judge. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. After I just judged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know the whole story, but uh, it does not seem good. No, we'll, we'll see about that. All right, 18 games left on the schedule. Let's predict the remaining record just for fun. What are we going to do with KD on the team now from here on out? Okay, 18-0. Next. No, just kidding. Um, I really do want to say 18-0, but I'll go through some of the big games we have left. So we play... An interesting stretch uh, starting this coming weekend and and a little past it where we have three games in a row that are Kings at home, Warriors there, and then Bucks at home. That's going to be quite the stretch. Then we have another stretch where we have the Kings, the next day we play the Sixers, and then we go to Utah. That's going to be an interesting stretch. And then... The very end, the last week of the season, we have Nuggets at home. We go to L.A. to play the Lakers the next day. We have one day off, and then the next day, which will be Easter Sunday, we play the Clippers at home. So that's going to be an interesting stretch of three games, too. And those last three games might matter. It might be a pretty close race. So last year, we didn't really see that. This year is going to be different. The last few games are going to be important. That's very true. Yeah, just looking through this, there will be some pretty solid matchups. It looks like... Hmm. LeBron will miss our first Lakers matchup. Yeah. But it should be back for the last one. Uh... Yeah, Denver twice at the end of the season. Those will be tough. Both home, though. That's nice. Yeah, both at home. That's very uh, nice. I'm going to go with an optimistic 14-4. and 14-4. Four. and four. I kind of want to be even more optimistic than you. We may only lose... Maybe we'll lose to the Kings once... We'll probably lose one of those Nuggets games. 
maybe we'll lose to the Bucks because the Bucks are really hot right now, and we play them somewhat soon. Uh, yeah. I mean, we might lose three to five more games. Yeah, I'll probably just be optimistic and say fifteen and three. I like it. And you yeah. know the the Clippers game, the last game of the season. I have a feeling that they're going to have a lot more to play for than we're going to for that one. So that might be a tough yeah. one if if you're getting full strength PG and Kawhi and Russ, if you want to throw them into that mix now. Yeah, they've been really bad lately, though. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting, and I you got to assume putting in Russ Westbrook at starting point guard is going to throw a bit of a wrench in things. Yeah. But from what I saw, like. He was deferring to those guys. He was very, Mm -hmm. like, he would get the ball out of his hands way quicker than I ever saw him do on the Lakers this season. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like uh, the Clippers experiment with Russ has a much better chance at working than the Lakers one did. No, I agree. Russ has been good. Um, I guess I I don't quite know why they've been so bad, because I haven't watched them. But... Yeah, that's you're right. They might have they might have a playoff position, just any playoff position to fight for. I don't think we're going to be anywhere close to that. So right. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All things to consider. Well, yeah, we hit the Durant esque topics pretty hard right there. We'll go quickly through the two games from last week. You all saw him. Kevin Durant was playing. We don't need to go yeah. too deep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Hornets game, nice win, 105 to 91. KD in his debut goes for 23 points, six rebounds, two assists, two blocks, 10 for 15 shooting. And man, just watching him shoot jumpers over people where you know they're not bothering him, but that contest would bother anybody else in the league pretty much. When those start going down, it, that's when I was like, holy cow, this guy is actually on my favorite team now. Yes. His arms are so long. <laughs> yeah. it's it's It just doesn't seem human, almost. No, it doesn't. And it, it does show up on defense, too. Like, his just his oh, IQ, yeah. his IQ plus the wingspan. I mean, he's he's not like a Mikhail Bridges on-ball defender kind of guy, but uh, he definitely brings it heavier in the rim protection, and it seems like he's always in a nice spot on defense. He, he doesn't get burned too often. No. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's amazing. I was really excited to see him in a Suns uniform. Uh, really nice that Devin Booker gets to have – basically a second option of of Kevin Durant. And I, I also saw some people on, oh, this may have been on either Reddit or on uh, MySpace. Twitter. MySpace, yeah. One of the two. Uh, I saw a lot of people talking about, oh, is Booker the first option? Is KD the first option? And right now I would say Booker is the first option. Uh, but KD eventually will be the first option. I think it's probably, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's safe to say that. What do you think about that? I, I think it's going to be a 
50-50, 1A, 1B sort of thing. Oh, okay. I think I think plays will be drawn up for both of them just as much as, the, like, one as the other. I, I sure. think. Sure. But playoff time comes around. I think it's going to be Durant kind of leading the way when it comes to like yeah. shot attempts. I bet I bet those uh, those even out sooner than later, and then playoff time. I don't think anyone would be mad if KD were taking the the majority of the shots there. No, no. And again, we know Booker is such an efficient scorer that that's going to be more than fine. Yeah, and I'm sure Devin Booker won't mind picking up a few more assists per game because no. Kevin Durant's one of the the recipients now. So, man, beautiful thing. It is. It's incredible. So, yeah, and, I, you know, I feel for Charlotte. I really do <laughs> with the injuries that they've had and so much stuff that's out of their control, and they were starting to look a little bit promising, and then it all just fell apart. So, yeah, I feel a little bit bad for them. Tough luck for them. Uh, their center, Mark Williams, though, is really coming around. Uh, the rookie. Yeah, he, he had a slow start. I think he. I, I don't. Did someone get hurt that kind of forced him into these minutes? I I can't remember. Well, they but, had all the the issues with uh, Miles Bridges, which right. that's not a good situation. Sure. Um, that was a, a big issue for them too. True. Yeah, but it, it's going to be tough for them. I mean, even with Ball on the squad, it's just a, uh, I don't know, tough deal. Step yeah, it up, I mean, MJ. His injury. It's that's that's because you know as much as I'm not like a big fan of the Ball brothers necessarily, you have to admit that Lamelo was really really good. Oh yeah. Yeah, can't deny that. that. That's a fact. And I mean, Lonzo, even great in his own right. But yeah. it's tough that those guys are going through injuries right now. Like, Ball yeah. won't be back for the entire year. Right. Who knows if it's going to have any, like, really bad, long-lasting effects effects on him. But Yeah, I mean, eh. Lonzo, they, I mean, they don't even know what's going on with him. Still, it's been a full season, basically. Yeah, I saw a description of what his knee was doing, and it just seemed not good. From yeah, I'm not a doctor or anything, but the way they described it didn't. It sounded like a, you know, not the way a knee should operate. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do feel for for those guys, but we looked good. It was nice to see KD do his thing. Yes, sir. And uh, DeAndre Ayton with 16 and 16. And four assists. Yeah, that was great. I like seeing that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, we saw one guy have a crummy game in uh, each of these last two of our our big four. It was Chris Paul in this one, only two points on one for eight shooting. But, yeah, and this next one, Aiton was the one with a pretty weak game. We'll move it on to that. It didn't matter. It did not matter. Chicago Bulls 104, Phoenix Suns 125. Uh, you know, this time we have Devin Booker and Josh Okogie combined for 60. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, Okogie was really, I think, the story of this one. Hitting five, nearly six threes. His foot was barely on the line for the sixth one. Ah. So, 
that was that was very exciting. It was nice to see him get hot. And Kevin Durant had 20 points, and it was nice that he really didn't need to do much. Um, interesting point on this is, I guess there's some sort of kind of soft minutes restriction. They're trying to only have Durant play about 25 minutes per game, and Monty is just like... <laughs> I don't know if ignoring is the right word, but he played Durant 31 minutes. Uh, yeah. And, and I think KD was a bit happy about that. It sure. seems like he wants to be playing. So that was kind of nice to see, but no need to rush. 25 minutes is fine. Yep, I agree. And, you know, at the end of this one, we finished up winning by 21 think we could have probably tossed in the bench a couple minutes earlier i agree. you know wouldn't have been too tough to keep him under 30 at least but yeah you know i like watching us win too it's okay i do too but that's <laughs> just something i feel like monty is one of those guys that and this is where his his popovich experience probably comes in he just doesn't put the end of the bench in until the very very last minute a lot of the time and yeah yeah sometimes i'm like this is concerning. Like, just, I don't want someone to get hurt. Put the end of the bench in. Well, you know, probably right around the time where you could probably start thinking about, is it time to empty the bench? That's when Aiton uh, dinged up his knee a little bit there. It yeah. looked like he hyperextended uh-huh. it, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Okogi flew into it, is what ended up happening. Right. Something like right. that. But he seemed to be okay. He played a couple minutes after that. Then Landale came in for him, but I mean, yeah, that was just right around the time where you're thinking, okay, maybe put the guys in. Imagine if he would have blown out his knee or something. That would have been oh my gosh, devastating, man. you know? So scary. Ah, yeah, yeah. Not, not fun to think about that. Uh, knock on wood, everybody. I'll do it right Right, there. right. Where, where else? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, one, one last note about this game is – it was nice seeing the the bench squad kind of get it going. Uh, Damian Lee hit a couple threes. You know, he was on a quite the cold streak for a while. But then Landale with 9.6 rebounds, two blocks. Uh, these guys need to keep playing at a level like this to solidify their spot in a playoff rotation. Yes, absolutely. So, it does seem like Landale's been getting the nod over Biombo lately. Oh yeah, for sure, and probably rightly so. <clears throat> I think so. Busy, busy has his has his uh, uses for sure, and I'm yeah. I wouldn't throw it out of him making appearances in the playoffs. It's just going to depend on what our matchups are like. Yeah, I also just love having Busy on the team. Period, even if he doesn't play. He's a nice guy to have on the bench and in the locker room. Totally agree. I, I love Busy. Everybody loves Busy. Yeah. I think that's pretty safe to say. Yeah. So I'm just overall extremely encouraged with everything that we've seen in these first two games. Yeah, there is not much to complain about. And I think that's uh, actually that second quarter against the Bulls. That was well, a rough. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we made it up in, in the next quarter pretty much. So it was okay. That's a good point. All right. So moving along, just, you know, the Dallas game comes out the day this episode comes out. So we'll skip talking about that. Obviously hope we win. Uh, 
kind of some fun storylines in that. You know, I'm Suns excited. versus Mavs, Kyrie versus KD, good stuff. Uh, we'll skip that, though. And then Wednesday, the Thunder come to town, and that will be our bet question. Go ahead. Yes, our, our bet question, of course, as many of you can probably guess, is Kevin Durant points against the Thunder. And I don't know who goes first because we haven't done this for a while. Looks like I'll I go it. first. Actually. Oh, I want it. I got it. Okay. I got okay. it in my head. I'm going to okay. say 29 against his uh, former, former, former team. Okay. Mm-hmm. In his first two, he's averaged... 21 and a half. half. I kind of think he's going to do a little bit more. 25 for me. All right. So let us know on Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod or email us SunnyandPHXPod at gmail.com or comment on our YouTube video, SunnyandPHXPodcast, with how many points do you think Kevin Durant will score in Wednesday's game against the Thunder, and whoever is closest will get a shout-out on the show. Perfect. Yeah. It's, I'm excited for this one. I mean, OKC is not great, but they play pretty tough. So, yeah, it's going to be fun one. And I know it's always special for Durant to play <laughs> OKC. Yeah, for sure. And uh, their stud, Shy Gilgis Alexander, I believe he's been out for like since oh. the break. So oh. I don't know if he'll be back for this one. Uh, I, I haven't been keeping track. He hmm. he is a handful though. That'll be the the Okogi assignment if he's playing. Yeah, he's but good. you know, a uh, little Dario action. I've seen him some oh, of yeah. his minutes, and uh, he's kind of coming back to life there. They they use him a little bit more. Okay. Uh, probably just had to get him a little more settled after the trade, but he's yeah. logging some minutes. Okay. Well, I'm happy for him. I still love Dario. Me too. Oh. He's he's like the leader of the team, like the the locker room leader. The oh the, yeah, the old man. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> he's only like 27 or 26. Uh, he is 28. 28. 28. And he will be 29 in a month because Dario Sarge and I have the exact same birthday. That's right. Yeah. yeah. My the old man. Yeah. So uh, yeah, 29 in about a month. So, yeah, yeah, we're getting there. Uh, but with that, we will move to our non-sports section of the show. And we both traveled over the past week. Uh, you flew. I didn't. I drove. But uh, we were just kind of trying to think about how we could talk about travel. And, and we realized we probably haven't done favorite and least favorite airport. So sounds like you kind of know your answers already. I do. I do. Should we start with favorites? Sure. Okay. So mine is a toss-up. And, you know, I feel like I don't fly into the same places too frequently. I seem to, you know, spread myself around when I go travel. But I do recall the Seattle airport was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any gripes about that. And this one might be recency bias, but I have had the smoothest times in the Minneapolis airport lately. 
and I just enjoy uh, yeah. it. I've had good experiences in both of those places, actually. Nice. The I remember something about the carpet in the Seattle airport. Well, that's Portland. No. Really? Well, maybe Seattle has a thing too. But the Portland airport carpet is like a big thing, and they tried to remodel it, and people got mad, and hmm. that's a that's a story. This must just be something completely different than that. I just uh, remembered that I was kind of mesmerized by the carpet wherever uh, I was. Uh, okay. uh. Uh, yeah. Unrelated. I just remembered enjoying the scenery there. But Minneapolis, it's just really laid out nicely. And it's probably not a huge airport compared to some of the others around. But they, they also have their big like local coffee shop, Caribou Coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right when you get through security, it's just right smack in your face as soon as you get out of it. And I appreciate that yeah. because that's when you grab your coffee or whatever it is, right when you get through security. So, boom. Nice. Nice. Uh, let's see. My favorite um, is the Spokane Airport. Um, it's small, but... I have never had a bad experience there, and I've flown out of it many, many times. Um, it's laid out very nicely. It's The parking is actually very convenient. Uh, if I can figure out how to get from like the parking structure to the airport easily, that's a sign that it's laid out well, because I'm really, really bad with things like that, like directions and how to get places i just i'm very challenged when it comes to that kind of thing like if you tell me oh go north i'm like i can't even understand that so spokane is laid out very nicely um it's big enough that you can get to a few different places but i've had a lot of good experiences there i also want to give an honorable mention because i know we have some international listeners i had a really great experience at heathrow in london um it's a pretty nice airport and it's just massive. So you have a lot of different options for things to do while you're waiting. So I had a pretty good experience there. I don't know what the general consensus on Heathrow is, but I had a good experience there overall. I liked it, but uh, I've only ever been there one time. So I can't say it's my favorite or anything. Spokane uh, is definitely my favorite. Is Heathrow like the big boy in London? That's yes, that's the big okay. London airport. Okay. Yeah, I bet that'd be wild. I mean, I, I've never even flown into the into JFK. I, I think oh. O'Hare is probably the biggest one in the U.S. Oh, okay. I've flown into that I can think wow. of. But no, I can imagine what like Heathrow in London's like. That must be insane it's huge yeah i mean i've been in jfk and LaGuardia, i believe and i've been in o'hare too and i believe heathrow is much larger than than Uh, uh, all of those uh yeah i stay away from the northeast i don't westerner i feel like i just should stay away i went there uh maybe not quite a bit i went there a few times when my sister lived in dc um and I had actually decent experiences in in uh, the DC airports, but I don't go there much anymore. Gotcha. Least favorite? Are we ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. I know mine. 
Okay. Uh, I have, we'll say, a major least favorite and then a small airport least favorite. Okay. The big one is Dallas. And the small one, I'm sorry, but it's Phoenix Mesa Gateway over in Mesa. That's oh, my, yeah. Well, I've just, I've been out of there too many times and had too many bad experiences. Yeah. But Dallas, Dallas was the most confusing airport I've ever been to. And I don't know if I got dumped in a weird part at a weird concourse or whatever it was. But, I mean, I had to take some crazy contraption, you know, like a train Oh, all the way around the airport, and it was it was just kind of confusing. And I had to go in like a the the route to get to the train was weird. I was not a big fan. And the one thing that just absolutely ruined it was, um, the bathroom. Mm. I'll never forget how foul that bathroom was. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, you know, we're we're men. We've been in some we we've done our business in some pretty hairy places i think it's safe to say <laughs> yes i couldn't stay in that bathroom oh wow that's i walked in something. and walked right back out that, that's, wow that's as far as i'll put it that's all i'm gonna say wow okay yeah i've been to the dallas airport one time and it was for just a layover and i it was a long time ago. I don't remember it very well, but I don't remember having any issues like that. I feel like I would remember that. But there, yeah, those memories will do that to you. Yep. Um, and that leads into my least favorite airport, which is Denver. Uh, I love the city of Denver. I hate the airport so much. Uh, first off, it is a very long way away from the city, so it's very inconvenient. Um, it's also physically massive, so it's hard to get from one end to the other. And I've been there many, many, many times where I have to go from gate B10 or whatever to B90 and basically have to run through the airport. Uh, it's The layout is not great. It's kind of complicated. It also has those, those trams like you're talking about because yeah. it has three different concourses and... I've just had a lot of really bad experiences in the Denver airport, so I try to avoid it as much as I can. If I can fly through Salt Lake, I will do that pretty much every time. Oftentimes, I can't necessarily avoid Denver. Yeah, I, I feel like having a layover in a spot that's you know near the Rocky Mountains and all the weather yeah, that can come around that just doesn't seem like a great idea. So yeah. I yeah, avoid Denver. That's a Denver's a tough one, yeah. But I'm also interested in just your thoughts on on Sky Harbor, the main Phoenix airport. You know, I love it. Uh Okay. Yeah. I I'm a big fan of it. And I don't know if it's, you know, it's our home airport, so we take some pride in it or whatever. But, you know, been through there enough times where it all seems just pretty, you know, smooth. Like yeah. it's it'd be tough to get lost. Yeah, doing anything there from from what I've done. But you know that's just you know we check in and then head straight to our gate. Anytime there's a connection, I'm sure it can be a pain. Like if you have to go from terminal three to terminal four or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. I've never personally had to do that here, and I know they're building the tram or whatever that is outside. Right. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know. It, 
it's all good. Yeah, uh, I like it too. My one gripe is that the parking is not very good. It's a bit confusing on how to get to the places to park. And I've picked a lot of people up from there, and the pickup area is not amazing. But okay. when you're actually flying through there, it's pretty good. Yeah, so what I will say is I never drive to the airport and park. Normally do an Uber, so I've missed out on the I've, – I think I've only parked and flown out like twice. Okay. So, yeah, maybe that's no good. But mm-hmm. um, the – the track, the roads that go around the airport, I wish they were labeled a little bit better. Yes, they're very confusing. I've done a lap or two in my day uh, by missing the exit that I need to take. Oh, yeah, me too. And that's kind of embarrassing when you pick someone up from the airport and you're like, oh, welcome to my city. And then you don't even know how to get out of the airport. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's confusing, (laughs) but... Overall, it's a nice airport. I appreciate that the baggage check is immediately when you get out. Uh, You just get to deal with that right away, and then you're not carrying your bags. That's pretty convenient. Yeah, Um, yeah, I last flew last, uh, must have been October, and we had a good experience. They have some nice amenities. They had a... uh, they had some new stuff. I hadn't been there in a while, and they had a, a, a room for breastfeeding. So that was really nice that, uh, you know, my, my wife could go in and feed our daughter while we were waiting. That was pretty convenient. So they've That's added nice. some some updated new stuff. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm happy with the airport overall. There's just some things outside of it that are a little annoying. But overall, it's it's up there in my top ten probably. Oh, one of the pros about outside are the views around the airport. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome mountain views from quite a few yes. different angles in that airport. I, I actually snapped a picture while I was uh, here. I can probably, some of you can probably relate. When you're on those walking escalators, you know, like the mm-hmm. flat ones, the moving yeah. passageways or whatever. Moving walkways, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, like these interesting shaped windows across, and then uh-huh. you just have awesome mountain views out those yes yes i was flying to minnesota and asking myself why am i flying to minnesota it's snowing (laughs) there it's so pretty here right now why am i doing this yeah (laughs) no that's that's a good point yeah they have some nice uh artwork as well and it's almost like a little museum they have some descriptions of things and I think that's a cool part of it. And, you know, when you come to the Southwest, there's a lot of interesting history down here. So I like that they do that in the airport, too. For sure. All right. Well, that's where we'll hang this episode up. We thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Hit us up on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Our YouTube, Sunny and PHX Podcast. Uh, Yeah, those are the two best ways to get in touch with us. We'll see you next week after a couple of these next games that are coming up. Go Suns.